Welcome to Lymphedema Podcast. I'm Betty Westbrook, a certified lymphedema therapist and the voice behind Lymphedema Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to provide answers and explanations for people affected by the lymphatic disease lymphedema. This podcast is for patients, family members, medical professionals, and anyone interested in lymphedema. Each month, I will discuss a new topic related to this disease to help you learn more and navigate better your journey ahead. Between shows, you can catch me on IGTV or Instagram TV, as well as monthly live Q&A sessions. I'm so passionate about teaching others about lymphedema that I created this podcast just for you. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're ready to learn something new today. Disclaimer, as a certified lymphedema therapist, all information provided is based on my professional experiences and education. I recommend that anyone who feels they have lymphedema or have been medically diagnosed with lymphedema seek in-person medical treatment from a certified lymphedema therapist. Hey everybody, welcome back to Lymphedema Podcast. This is not my normal episode, and I'm dedicating this episode to Luann, but more specifically to everyone who has seen a friend, family member, or patient suffer from lymphedema. Normally each episode is unofficially dedicated to those fighting lymphedema day in and day out. Today is going to be different. Luann's story starts like this. Early in 2017, I was a newbie CLT in a clinic with very little support from our supervising therapist, who also managed our large department. She was mostly there for evals and paperwork as far as the lymphedema treatment went. So I set out to learn as much as possible, as quickly as possible. The research led me to Lymphedema Treatment Act and specifically the Texas team led by Judy Woodard. After a new member joins, there's an email sent out to the group introducing you to the other members. I remember right where I was sitting when I responded to Luann's email. Her initial email said something to the effect of, Welcome to the Texas team, Betty. I live in East Texas too. Where are you located? I've been searching for a lymphedema therapist for five years now without any success. And it went on to say that she's a wife, a mother, and a counselor for drug and alcohol patients. Y'all, we lived in the same town. She was in our office within two weeks for her first eval and treatment. After DIYing her treatment at home, she was over the moon to receive therapy. After years of being homebound by the size of her legs, it had led to weight gain and weakness in her body, so we started slowly. She knew I was a new BCLT and was patient with me when I made difficult requests like wrap every day, exercise, wash and apply lotion twice a day, and never, ever, ever take off your wraps for longer than the time that it takes you to shower. We went round and round until one day she looked at me exhausted and discouraged and she shouted, Betty, the horse is dead. We're from Texas, so I'll translate that for anyone about to report me for animal cruelty. Luann was saying, I understand you, but you're asking too much. That's lesson number one that she taught me. Although the textbook and experts recommend a protocol for treatment, not everyone can manage that. One day at a time, focusing on one important aspect of treatment, then add to that as they can tolerate. She came for months. Both of her legs were stage three elephantiasis, so it took time. She wasn't able to come in five days a week and relied on hospital transportation. 
Luann learned everybody's name in the office, in part because she deflected from her personal situation by learning who was around her and what was going on in their life. Also, her time as a counselor made it second nature to her. She would tell anyone who asked what lymphedema was and why she was not wearing shoes or why she wore oversized dresses to cover her legs or why she couldn't stand and walk more than a few feet. She was always willing to answer a curious question. Another moment I'll never forget was when Kathy, who works up front in admissions right in that reception area, called me and sternly said, if you don't come and get Luann right now, I'm going to tell this rude lady she can go wait somewhere else. She won't stop staring and asking Luann personal questions. Lesson number two, you can't always protect your patients. I had noticed the waiting area was abnormally busy that day before Luann had finished her session, so I offered to let her wait in the gym instead of out front. Mostly because she sat in a wheelchair with two large bags of supplies and her purse with her, which took up a lot of space, and there wasn't that much room out front that day. She said, no thanks. I want to see if I can talk to Dorothy when she comes in. So I wheeled her out front, called transportation, and went back to my desk to do notes. It probably wasn't five minutes before my phone rang, and Kathy was telling me to get out front. And I walked up there and could see it all over Luann's face. The woman had asked her, how come you let it get that bad? It's disgusting. Your legs look like they belong on dinosaurs. First, let's stop there. How can someone think that would ever be received well? That woman has an ugly heart and what she said had nothing to do with Luann and everything to do with her. Okay, back to what Luann did next. I walked up to Luann and asked if she had seen Dorothy, to which she said yes. So I said, okay, I'll take you out back and you can wait with me until the van comes. She stopped me from unlocking her wheelchair and said, no thanks. I was just telling what's her face. I mean, I have zero clue what her name was, so what's her face is what she's being called. I was just telling what's her face that you're the therapist who's saving my life and I'm glad you came out here. She hasn't seen anyone with lymphedema like this before and I want her to know more about it in case someone in her family ever has it. Y'all, who does that? Who can look at someone who said something so hurtful and want to use that as a teaching moment? Luann, she's the only person I have ever met who could do that. I also know that what that woman said caused her deep sadness and pain. She came back for her next appointment and thanked me for offering to take her to another room. She said, I just wanted to hide and cry, but I waited until I was home to let it show. She just needed to be told more about lymphedema and how I've waited for God to send you here to help me. I wish I could say that Luann never had cellulitis flare up or needed to see us again. But she came back to us about six months after being discharged with measurements bigger than the first time. She had become busy with teaching online and caught up in the depression of the burden she was for her family. And all of her progress was out the window. And I was mad. All that work I had done, all the hours I had spent crawling around on the floor to wrap her, rewrap her, making her chip foam bags, all the MLD and fibrotic manipulation on her legs, all that time raced through my mind. What a waste is all I could think. 
If you haven't noticed by now, she and I didn't have the normal patient-therapist relationship. We disagreed a lot, we were brutally honest with each other, and committed to getting Luann back her legs. If you've met me, you also may know I have a very expressive face, and I often can't hide my thoughts because it's clearly written all over my face. I'm a terrible poker player. So of course Luann noticed my frustration and disappointment. She apologized and gave me every reason she could think of for why it didn't work. I remember telling her, Luann, this could kill you. The recurring infection, your increasing volume, the up and downs, the breaks in your skin, it makes you a prime candidate for cellulitis and sepsis. She broke down in tears and yelled, don't you think I know that? I want to see my daughter graduate from college, and I want to travel to see the ocean again, but I am trapped in this hell. Lesson number three. No matter how frustrated I, the therapist, get, the patient is a hundred times more frustrated when they lose progress or aren't seeing it. After a few cellulitis bouts, moving into a new home, juggling work life and home life, and seeing me up to three times a week for about three months, Luann walked into her daughter's graduation ceremony with nothing more than a rollator walker and some Velcro garments. It was one of the happiest moments of her life, and I am so glad to have had been a part of that moment for her. Lesson number four is hard for me, and it's where I will say I hate lymphedema. Often I tell new patients that I love lymphedema, not in an affectionate way, but in a healthy, I love a good challenge kind of way. And I really love the opportunity to help someone see that there's treatment for the hell they feel stuck in. Lesson number four that Luann taught me is that lymphedema will never leave you alone. It was probably eight months later after her daughter's graduation that Luann called me and said, I'm in desperate need of your help. Out of respect for Luann, I'm not going to say why, but when she called me, she said, I can't come back to the clinic, and I'm afraid I will die without some help. I've never said this out loud, out of fear of being seen as acting outside of my scope of practice as a PTA, but I can't imagine another response to someone asking for your help and saying that their life literally is hanging in the balance. She had been hospitalized for shortness of breath from pneumonia, and the legs blew up while she was in the hospital, and she was out of compression. She wasn't able to pump or wear compression garments because her heart and lungs couldn't take the extra fluid, but without it, she continued to swell. She was stuck in a lose-lose situation for months. Her husband had been to her sessions many times before and knew how to wrap her legs, but needed a new game plan because he had never wrapped her while her legs were so swollen and weeping. She sobbed for 10 minutes or more the first day I came to visit her at her house. We talked about her options and landed on her using what they had at the house to start over while she was getting some home health therapy for her respiratory needs. They already had all the supplies and knowledge. She just needed some guidance from there on where to start. She would call or text me regularly about progress or have me come over to measure her for ordering new Velcro garments. And that time allowed me a special peek into their home. They love music, pizza Thursday, and each other. 
I remember that 2020 was off to a particularly rough start for some reason, and her daughter was saying that 2020 was going to be a horrible year. Well, Amber, little did you know how right you were. But I used that moment to tell them I was pregnant with our rainbow baby, and I remember Luann cried and told me I would be a great mother. She had been in the clinic the day I had my first miscarriage and knew how long I had waited to become a mother. I told them that 2020 wouldn't be that bad because our son was due in June, and it was a very sweet moment for all of us. I kept in touch for the next few months and went by our house one last time in March to trim down some of her garments. We were leaving for Washington, D.C. the next day, but I could come back and check the fit after that. Little did I know, coronavirus would send the world into a tailspin in just three days, and I would never see Luann again. I remember as I left that day, she wished me safe travels and told me that she loved me. A week later when we were home, I had the flu and never formally returned back to work due to furlough. In April, Luann texted me that she was being admitted for pneumonia, negative for coronavirus, but had been placed on the vent twice and was in ICU. She never recovered from that time. Between April and October, she bounced between hospital, long-term acute care rehab, skilled nursing rehab, home health therapy, and ICU. What will haunt me forever is that she died alone, just like the thousands of others in 2020 because of coronavirus restrictions. What a horrible time to die. I know without a doubt that just like Cindy, go back and listen to episode zero if you don't know who Cindy is. Just like Cindy, Luann was placed in my life for a reason. I've listed four today, but there are so many more. I'm a better CLT because of Luann, and I will forever remember all that she has taught me. I vow to never stop trying to help others who are stuck in their own lymphedema hell. If you are someone who's had a similar experience, please know that you're not alone, and do not let that stop you from caring and loving in the future. Death is coming for all of us. And it's better to love than to have never loved at all. So be kind and generous to those who are hurting. It will be a blessing to you in the end. Lesson number five. A little hand taught me that it costs nothing to be kind to others. Mother Teresa says, loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. This podcast is here for you to find friendship and a community for your journey with lymphedema. Email me with your story if you would like to share lymphedemapodcast at gmail.com or visit the website lymphedemapodcast.com to submit a topic for another episode.